It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. Hope you're having a great day. Lots of stuff going on. Herm Edwards stopped by the show earlier today talking to us about all things NFL. Herm did acknowledge if he's the Falcons, it's at least a phone call. we got to figure it out. And he's talking about Lamar Jackson. We'll let you hear more of what he had to say coming up in 20 minutes here on the show. Mike, the Hawks are in action tonight. They get the Wizards. Last time we couldn't guard Bradley Beal. Hopefully we can do that tonight. Um, we got to find a way to finish, too, because that was another close game. But we're going to talk about the Hawks as well coming up here on the show. Guys, we got something today that we didn't expect to get. And Atlanta was an apology from Calvin Ridley. And if you've not had a chance to go check this out from the Players' Tribune, if you've not had a chance to read it, I just suggest that you do. If you say, man, I don't care about Ridley. Okay, well, then don't. But i got to tell you, when this all went down, Mike and I, we were very disappointed in the fact that he let our team down. He let our city down, and he knows that. But we didn't hear anything from him, and then he got suspended, and now it's all kind of played out, and we know he's moving on to Jacksonville. But, Mike, what did you make of what you heard from Calvin Ridley in this piece, and it, guys, it's from him, mm. and it starts out literally with him admitting, I made the worst mistake of my life. I effed up, and uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I made the worst mistake of my life by gambling on football. It really seems like things overwhelmed Calvin at the time. Now, again, this is his recollection of how things went down, starting with a foot injury, which we were not aware of in 2020, where apparently once he got a second opinion, apparently he was playing with a broken foot. Right. And, uh, again, now this is Calvin's side of the story. I mean, the organization, a trainer who's no longer with the organization may say otherwise, but we were unaware of that. His home was broken into. He was dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of stresses. At the time, we were all blindsided by this, and the information which we got from people around the organization were they were completely surprised as well. There was a game that was skipped, didn't make the England trip, and then all of a sudden the week of the uh, – played the Dolphin game, and the week of the Carolina game, literally within 24 hours of game time, he says he's out. And so we, at the time, we go with what we know, which is, what the hell is going on here? It sounds like Calvin's flaking out. We've had him on the show half a dozen times. Engaging personality, super positive guy. We love having him on. So now to read all this and to hear what this man was going through, because at the time, we go with what we know, didn't know this, and people are getting upset with me because we jumped to conclusions, and we'll talk more about mental health here in a second. But it was interesting to see Calvin be as completely open as you could be about everything going back to his childhood that he's been dealing with, but he still quit on the team. But now I understand why he quit on the team. And that's the thing. I mean, listen, it doesn't make it right, but just like with everything we talk about, sometimes sorry matters. Sometimes I screwed up matters, and it won't change our outlook as far as where our team goes from here without Calvin Ridley, but I respect him a little bit more. Because at least this is about accountability. And, Mike, you know on this show we talk a lot about accountability. And when guys have the wherewithal to say, hey, I screwed up, as fans, we got to acknowledge that. Like, we can't just talk bad about these guys and be all on their, you know, on their case when things are not going their way. But then when things are said that you say, oh, I wish this guy would say something. And then they do, we got to acknowledge it. So 
We're taking a few minutes today to say, Calvin Ridley, we wish you nothing but the best. We didn't know all the things. We knew some of it, but we didn't know all the things that were going on. And now that we do, it, it, it at least gives us an explanation. And that's all we, I think, as fans, Mike, want at the end of the day. Look, and we get it. We have the full spectrum of fans, from fans who are as angry as we were to fans who are saying, look, he doesn't owe you anything. Look, it, it's all in your perspective how athletes are handled these days. The thing is, the umbrella of mental health, and mental health is a thing which we're all more, I think, aware of than we've ever been in this country. And it's difficult for me to maybe be as empathetic as others are, and I'm working on it, Carl. I'm just being perfectly transparent here. Sure. Because I do think sometimes there are people that have legitimate issues, and I think there's people, athletes, actors, that use this stuff as a cop-out. But when you, as soon as you say mental health, that's it. All bets are off. You can't assail the person, and you can't say anything. And we learned with the Simone Biles thing, all the things she went through, it was hard for me at the time. Get wrap my head around how you only get to be on the Olympic stage every four years, and this is when everything overwhelmed you. Then later on, the story was explained, but I still, I'm still working. I'm doing the best I can, folks. I'm trying to be as empathetic as I can. I just felt there's a time and a place, it used to be, where you could deal with a lot of things, and the first things first, yes, you want to make sure you're healthy and you're in the right place. But I still would like to think sometimes you could battle through adversity. Every case is individual and unique to itself. And we can expect someone to maybe be able to compartmentalize that, or is that now completely off the table? That's that's I guess where my my old old way of thinking is is become now uh, something which doesn't fly in cancel culture. Do you think Falcon fans fans have any empathy here for 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 Calvin Ridley? Do you think they do, or do you think that most people are like whatever? I don't care. Well, I mean, I think people identify with the fans sometimes, and it's crazy. We had guys who were crying over Marcus Mariota. <laughs> like, That's okay. true. That's but, true. But people identify, and if you have struggled with mental illness or someone you love, you're certainly more like it's it's, it's you have an experience with it, a better experience, than perhaps I do. And that's why you were more inclined to give Calvin the benefit of the doubt all the way back then, which I was not. And now, based on what Calvin put out there today in the Players' Tribune, if that's the way things went down, you can understand he was dealing with a lot of stuff. And I appreciate him being as honest and open about it so I can help to understand where he was at the time. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Look, we have turned the page. We've got Drake London here. We've got Kyle Pitts in this Players Tribune piece, he talks about Julio not being here and knowing that he's the number one guy. And Mike, the part where he talks about being, you know, playing hurt, playing with a broke foot. See, we never knew that part of the whole thing. Now, no. again, I would love to know the organization. There was a com- almost complete turnover, including the training staff, right, Bo? From back in that year, the last year of Dan Quinn, when Dan Quinn got fired and Dimitrov as well. Yeah. So, anyways, if you've not had a chance to read it or check it out, we invite you to. Maybe it gives you a little closure, a closure as I think it did for Mike and I with where we felt about Calvin Ridley because, let's be honest, most of us just said, what an idiot. This guy just gambled on the game. He was bored. He's sitting around talking about mental health, and now he's doing this, and he didn't know it you know, any better. And, and then you hear all of this other stuff. Again, it doesn't make it right, but I right. do understand a little bit better. But you got to say that the mental health aspect of what he was dealing with when he had to walk away from the Falcons midseason – is different from gambling, knowing that, as he said in the uh, piece in the Players' Tribune, you can't do it. He was just, you know, he, he put the app on his phone, as he says, deposited 1500 bucks, and he was going to do a parlay, and he said, I put the Falcons on it. I was just doing, a, doing it to root for my boys. I didn't have any inside information. I wasn't even talking to anybody on the team at the time. He said right. he was totally off the grid. Yeah. But, he said that's, but that explains, at least that's his version or that's his reasoning for why it went down. 
All right, guys, in other Falcon news, um, yesterday we talked about Caleb McGarry not being franchise tag. It's the smart play because once you do that, then basically you're saying we're willing to pay you the franchise tag money. But, Mike, it doesn't mean that he may not be here. And I think Falcon fans need to understand this, too, as we talk about our Falcon report today. There's a chance that Caleb McGarry may be back. Now, it will be for a lot less than I think what the franchise tag is going to, to pay. But if you're talking about him signing a four-year deal, and I've said this, you know, under market value, he wants to be here. He's happy playing for Coach Art and et cetera, and mm. they can make a deal. That's not out of the question. I know he is technically a free agent, and other teams will be interested, and they can talk to him. But, guys, I got the feeling yesterday and, and even this morning and talking to people that he's gone, and, and I don't necessarily know if that's true. This is different because Lamar, who got the non-exclusive franchise tag, mm. if he ends up not getting a deal, he's going to play for the Ravens for $32 million. That is mm. not the case for Caleb McGarry. No, Caleb McGarry can shop himself around, but there could be an opportunity. No, again, does he feel he's been disrespected twice now? Obviously because they didn't pick up the option, so this was going to be the scenario. Did he think he may get tagged? There is an impression, and again, Peter King wrote this in the Monday Morning Quarterback, Carl, that a lot of teams are not going to be as aggressive this year in free agency. Now, we can all start to snicker and go collusion across the board, but for some reason, some teams, and then we'll find out who's going to be the first one to jump in. I've never seen anything like the teams, Dolphins, us, Panthers, everybody who literally gave Lamar Jackson the Heisman as soon as that story came out. I've never seen anything like that. We talked to Herm Edwards. He's never seen anything like that. But, <laughs> no. but Caleb McGarry can shop around, and if you can't find a better deal, he can come back to us, and maybe that's the way the Falcons approach it. Maybe Calvin, uh, maybe Caleb McGarry's market won't be as robust as he thinks. Is this something you do at eight? Would you do something with a tackle at eight? Not a guard, but a tackle. I think you could certainly, if you're if you're looking at the and where they're where they're falling right now, and more guys have to do their pro days. Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones. Could you trade down a little bit? Maybe somebody wants to grab a quarterback at eight. If you don't, although Herm Edwards thinks we're going to get a quarterback, Rich Eisen thinks we're going to draft a quarterback too. Yeah. But if not the case, you're somebody maybe looking to get into the top ten. I'd take any one of those tackles because those are all guys estimated to be plug in play. Yeah, and, and guys, I know it's not sexy. We get it. But if you feel like you're you're going to have Desmond Ritter as your starter, and many of you do, then you got to be able to protect him. And we can't protect him, meaning we can't have an offense that is stagnant and not explosive because you're afraid to let the quarterback play. Part of last year in these four games where he went 2-2, two and two, they didn't open his offense up. They didn't let him right. play. Again, they did him a disservice. I mean, look, I know it's kind of throwing him in the deep end, but going into New Orleans to play your first pro game, they should have done it against the Bears in, at, at Mercedes-Benz, and then we'd certainly have more. We talked about it. Four games. Herm Edwards agreed. Not enough to know what you got. All right. We've got an update on John Morant. Will he be charged in Denver? We're going to tell you when we come back, and you will hear the thoughts of Herm Edwards about the free agent market and what these quarterbacks are looking at next. The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. Lots of stuff going on, including a longtime college basketball coach calling it quits. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. First, I want to address John Morant, Mike. We talked a lot about it uh, this week and the whole gun situation with him being on IG Live. Right. He will not face criminal charges stemming from his IG Live video in which he appeared to display a handgun at a nightclub. 
So he will not face charges. He still is sitting out for Memphis as we speak. Um, And, again, you know, has the NBA spoken to him? I would assume so. Who else has reached out to him? We don't know. But I want to be fair in our coverage because we're fair and balanced about how we take these things on. And, listen, job being dumb, putting this on IG, you know, live, it was stupid. But at the end of the day, hopefully it's a teachable moment and it's something he learns from, but he's not going to be charged. So now for everybody who's saying what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next is, you know, whenever he gets reinstated to the team and he starts playing again, hopefully he's got his head on straight. But he said, you know, the the whole memo or whatever they put out was I'm going to take some time for myself. Yeah, again, this was not coming from the NBA. It was from the Grizzlies. And, you know, we talked about the timeline. Him and his uh, boys having a dust-up, or his boys having a dust-up with some pacers, and then eventually somebody decided it would be a good idea to shoot a laser at them after the game as they're getting on the team bus. Then you throw in the incident at his house where there's a 17-year-old who threatens to come back and light the place up, and he comes out with the weapon, and then this. And now, again, how he would ever prove he was drunk? Because in Colorado, you can't be under the influence when you have a weapon on your hand. But, again, you can't prove that off a video. So even though his boy, you know, the rest of the crew was throwing down. This is a thing where somebody's got to have the come-to-Jesus meeting with this guy, right? Yeah, for sure. Is there going to be – I mean, does Carmelo Anthony or somebody reach out and say, look, young man, you know, you, you, are, gonna, you are one of the biggest stars in this league, and this is nonsense? I hope they do, and I hope it gets through to him. Mm. Um, before we let you hear what Herm Edwards had to say to us, breaking news, Mike, Hall of Famer Jim Beheim not returning as Syracuse's men's basketball coach. Yeah, it's been getting really weird. If you hadn't noticed the last couple of years, again, I I grew up with the Big East, so I I love this stuff. And Bayheim is a guy, Carl, he's turned into Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. (laughs) The last couple of years, I mean, he's been getting snarky with the college reporters, getting snarky about retirement. Obviously, the team's underperforming. They get beat by Wake on a buzzer beater. So he kind of mumbled through this press conference today, and they asked him if he was retiring. That'd be up to the university. And it is up to the university. And now Bruce Feldman reporting Adrian Autry. The old point guard. Maybe played with the Derek Coleman team. Oh, yeah. those I love those teams. He was there. I think they crossed over for one season. But Adrian Autry was point guard for the Qs, and he's going to take over as head coach. And he's been an assistant head coach uh, for many, many years. He is 51. It was time, Mike. It was time. You know, a lot of guys are going out angry. Uh, Gino Auriama, he's yes. been prickly. Well, he's always been like that. But he's really gone down that road lately. And Bayheim has just been, by all indications, pretty miserable the last few months. Um, one of the greats, yes. Hmm. Uh, well, a great, you know what it is? Tremendous recruiter. Never really thought he was going to outsmart you with his tactics, other than the zone defense, right? Yeah, the 2-3. I mean, you know, Syracuse was famous for that. Obviously, he coached some great players. Hmm. Uh, in the Big East heyday, right. Syracuse, was that was a great watch. I mean, they were throwing alley-oops and, yeah. you know, having fun. But over a 1,000 wins in his career. Um, when Coach K retired, I said it was time for Bayheim. They're great friends, and, you know, he said, well, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And I just had this conversation with somebody today. These endings are hard. Nobody hardly ever right. goes out the way they want, Mike, you know? And, and when you have a chance to do it your way and say, hey, I'm going to call it quits. I've had a hell of a career. You just stick and stay, and you want to continue to do things your way, and it was time. So Syracuse is going to have a new head coach, and that's a big deal in college basketball, guys, mm. because – even though they've been down, it is one of the programs that is the one of the most recognizable, the orange, in college basketball and what they've been able to do over the years, all the tournament runs, etc. All right, let's hear from Herm Edwards because he came on the show earlier today, talked to Mike and I about everything that's going on with 
teams being out on Lamar. This is what Herm Edwards from ESPN told us about an hour ago. Well, you know, when, 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 I, when this all came out uh, yesterday, I, I was a little bit puzzled. Um, I can't recall uh, when free agency started, and that's supposed to start Monday, right. that even before it started, a guy like Lamar Jackson is being talked about as, we're not in. And I'm like, really? Am, am, is this a new league? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand, especially in the NFC South. You know, you look at the NFC South, mm-hmm. and I said two days ago, I was on and I said, look, in the clubhouse leader right now is the Saints. They got car. They got a quarterback. So we know all these other teams are probably looking for a quarterback. (laughs) And then now they're saying, well, no, we're not in. So that means that obviously they're going to draft a quarterback. So, um, listen, when you got a guy that's been around the league for 40 plus years and he's like, I've never seen this. Right. I mean, he's not making that up. That's no, why I mean, that's real. It's out there. It, it, it's why Mike and I are like we, we don't understand it. But it is what it is. And Herm said, "Listen, on what Lamar would bring to the city, we asked him just flat out, right?" And here's here was his response. Well, not only do you get him, you you let him wear number seven. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who wore number seven the last time they were down? Yes, there. sir. That was that Mike Fitzgerald, right? You want to give him a buzz? <laughs> And, and actually, if you sign him, have Michael Vick at the signing at the signing date, giving him the jersey. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, yeah, that's I, crazy talk. That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting that uh, you know. And I just I look. I, if you don't want to hear it from me, Peter King, our, our buddy uh, Steve Weish, has put it out there. There just seems to be some kind of thing, and I think the Players Association started this, and I'm not, I just think, Carl, maybe the focal point of this is Lamar and the percentage of guaranteed money. And the NFL is so scared about this that they're going to clap back, and they're going to they're going to slow roll free agency. Now, again, if, if we're talking by by end of the week about the, you know, the legal tampering and there are some big deals going down, okay. But it's, it's strange, though. I've, ne- I've never seen a star player, whether you think his diminished skills or injury concerns override, what everything else, I just think it's all about the dollars with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Mike, it, it, it could easily be. All I'm going to say is, as, as somebody told me last night, what are they going to say when, when Joe Burrow gets this money, when he gets two plus, 230, 235, 240 guaranteed? Because he is. I'm telling you guys right now. Now, your answer to that is, well, he's better. Well, that's, yeah. that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about a marketplace that is paying quarterbacks this amount of money. And if you're going to do it for one guy, this is the argument, right? Then, hey, we all need to be in this realm. And I talked about the total value of these contracts earlier where you start looking at the total value of, you know, <laughs> Kyler Murray's deal, and it's $230 million total value. He's not going to see all of that. No. But the reality is it looks good, Mike. Hey, look what my guy got. Look what we just got for Kyler Murray. That's what a lot of these agents are all about. But at the end of the day, Kyler Murray's not going to see a total of 230. No, it's just the thing The thing which changed everything, guys, is that Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, $230 million fully guaranteed for Deshaun Watson. And that's what And that's what Lamar wants or something very close to it. And it's just something that's unprecedented. That's why when Haslam did this, you heard owners. I bet you owners, if you if you if you had them in a room off the record, they hate Haslam more than they hate <laughs> Snyder. And Snyder's about to get got. Yes, yeah. but Haslam. I mean, this was this was the one, and this is why when we got into that negotiations about this time last year, apparently we had no shot at it when you come over the top like they did in this deal for Deshaun. Herm Edwards also talked about uh, whether he likes Ritter. This was his response. No, 
Nope. No, look, look, it really, you, you, you know, the quarterback position in four games, you, you, you can't tell a whole lot. I mean, look, we're, we're talking about uh, the kid coming out of Florida, right? Right. And he's only played basically, what, 13 starts? Right. And we know he's raw. He's a talented guy, obviously. He checks all the boxes as far as talent-wise. But when you turn the tape on, he's, he's a raw player. I mean, and, and, you know, the problem with the quarterback position is this, guys. You know this. He plays with the ball. That affects your whole team, what he does with the ball, the decisions he makes with the ball, right? That is the, that, that's the position. And this is why the position is always overpaid because when you have a quarterback, you can set your team. Now, your team is set. Now you can go get pieces. But the big piece is the quarterback. And we've talked about it. We talked about the size of Bryce Young, and he referred again to Anthony Richardson. That's who Coach is talking about it. 6'4", 240, you know, the Cam Newton comps and just the size, the raw talent, you know, but you've got to, you got to fine-tune that. And that's, there is, that's the tremendous, amazing upside of this guy, which why team somebody is going to jump all over that. 404-741-0929. Don't be mad at us. Be mad at Harm. Harm's just telling you what he thinks. And by the way, we asked him if he went into drafts with a certain size and measurables that he wanted on players. He's like, yeah, it doesn't make it right, but that's what I wanted. (laughs) And a lot of coaches are the same way, which is what a lot of guys are saying about Bryce Young. I do not want a quarterback that's 5'10". I don't care how talented he is. For me, it would be a problem, Mike, because for me, talent overwhelms. I've seen it too many times in my life where guy's smaller, he don't jump as high, but his talent just overwhelms and the dude wins. That's Bryce. Right. And again, I just think the uh, the only difference about Bryce is because of the not again like he can't move, but he's not a guy like uh, you know he, he's not the dual threat guy. You know what I mean? That's why Kyler Murray there was such a hang up on his size, but he can sprint to the outside. He can use that athleticism until of course what just happened with the injury. Now you're gonna miss him for half the year, which gets you back to do you invest in running quarterbacks because they never stay healthy. But Bryce Young is the pocket pass. That's why you comp him to Drew Brees. And make sure you've got a good offensive line, which the Saints always did, and it'll yep. go to work. Yep, and get the ball out, right? right. Get the ball out. 404-741-0929. Follow us, man. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put em Up, see Dukes, and this radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on, like Jim Beheim after 47 mm. years. Wow is done at Syracuse. They lose in the ACC tournament. Mm. He's moved on, or should I say they've moved on. They've already named the new head coach. Hey, uh, it was Harold Atwater. Is that right? Who won the tickets, uh, Chris? Harold Atwater, he owes me money. (laughs) He's going to see Snoop Dogg, the high school reunion tour. Guy's already asking, are we going to have more tickets? I don't know. You've got to listen and see if we do. We'll come back. We'll talk some Braves next. With your 2021 World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. On Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Oh, let's talk some Braves, shall we? Because we have a little bit of concern about what's going to happen with Kyle Wright. It's Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Coming up, top of the hour, we'll get you caught up on all the latest news as we'll get our top three at 6 in. Mike and I are done tonight at 6.30. Early out for our Atlanta Hawks who take on the Wizards tonight on the road. We'll talk more about that coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Mike, you keep talking about more pitching, more pitching. Somebody asked me, they said, I heard uh, Bell talking about this earlier. 
Do you guys think that, that we make a couple more moves, or do you feel like they just let these guys figure it out? Listen, when you start talking about Freed, Strider, Morton, mm. Wright, Soroka, uh, Kobe Allard, uh, Elder, uh, Anderson, all these guys, you've got a lot of arms, but do you not trust all of these arms? Well, I mean, Ian Anderson, I'm not saying he's going to be like uh, flaky like Fulty, but uh, you, you begin to wonder because he started off pressed into service in the shortened season of COVID, and he did really nice in a couple of spot starts, right? Yep. And then, you know, has he moved on and built on that? I mean, you feel confident in Ian Anderson. We talked a lot about what he's going to the slider, going to add some pitches to his repertoire. Strider I love, but, you know, Strider is still, you know, he's still figuring it all out. I'm excited about him wearing 99, and I think it's going to be great, and he might strike out 300 guys this year. But is he going to give me more than, you know, more than you know, five or two-thirds because the pitch count goes up? Freed is fine. Freed has been dazzling in uh, spring training if you hadn't been watching. But, uh, you know, it's, it is a little concerning about Kyle Wright. They say he'll be ready to go for opening day. But I just felt two of the last – I'll say it again. Two, Mike's old saw. Two of the last three years, we ran out of pitching. Ran out of pitching this year against the Phillies. So here's the thing about Kyle Wright. Um He's oh, 20. and I didn't mention Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's back, but everyone, you know, he's, he's a little long in the tooth, Carl. No, I know. Listen, we, we went back and forth last year, and I kept saying I didn't know what the deal was. The, the, the fact that they were going to bring him back, and, and the crazy thing is I think the Braves feel this way. If Charlie Morton, at his worst, is your fourth best starter, and he's winning games for you and eating innings, which is what he has done in his career, then it doesn't it, it doesn't affect your overall signing and the money that's involved. He's not the highest paid pitcher in the baseball, but I get it. And I understand why some people might be concerned about more. It might maybe listen, I thought two years ago it might be the time when we start to see the decline. I hope I'm hoping it's not, but let's hope he had a full off season and his stuff is where it needs to be. Um, I was gonna say Kyle Wright, the thing about Wright is, you know, him not being potentially ready for opening day does that concern you? And how important is it that he is ready and how early he's ready this season? Yeah, I just, I, I just think that you and me know what this team is capable of doing, right? We know the pitching. We know you got a lot of guys. You got younger guys. Kobe Allen, you talk about other guys can come up. But I just still think you, it's too, like the, it's too late. The, the hay is in the barn as far as what you did in the offseason. It is. I, I just think you needed to get somebody else. And we, I know that it got really cost prohibitive. And the Yankees gobbled. The usual suspects, you know, stepped up and gobbled up pitching. The Mets upgraded because DeGrom has become injury prone. And now when you throw Scherzer out there, I mean, like, you've got, you've got some, vi- some viable weapons now, what they've got in New York. I'm just saying it comes down to pitching every year. This The year we won the World Series, it was unbelievable. And the bullpen was just so dynamic. I don't think we have enough quality starting pitching because it always seems to – through, through hook or crook, somebody gets hurt and something happens. 404-741-0929. Do you agree? How do you guys feel about this? Um, again, it's nothing that I'm stressing over about hmm. right now. It's way too early. But when you start talking about guys, you know, may not be ready for the season, and then they push him back a couple more weeks, and then you go, okay, well, when is he going to be ready? And God forbid Kyle Wright comes out and he struggles, and then all of a sudden he don't look like the guy he looked like. And then all of a sudden, Mike, we're in May, and now you're stressed. That's what we're talking about. Right. That's what it gets to. Right. And by the way, pretty funny story. I think it was Mark Bowman tweeted it that uh, when they brought the lineup card because they played the Dominican team that's going to go play in the World Baseball Classic, Snickers like, wow, probably need to get some of these guys to sign this because a, <laughs> a lot of guys are going to the Hall of Fame Yeah, on the DR team. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, meanwhile, as we talk about the Braves, you said this earlier about Dansby. Listen, we're not going to harp, I, I don't think, unless this offense is just not producing, and I don't see that happening. 
But but the reality is you did lose 100 RBI. The thing about the Olsen signing was the plan was we knew that, or at least AA did, Alex Anthopoulos, the right. general manager, and he had a, a plan B immediately. I'm bringing in a 100 RBI guy. Don't worry. Olsen produced. Mike, we didn't bring in another 100 RBI guy to replace Dansby. You're no. just keeping your fingers crossed. Look, I'm excited about Vaughn Grissom. I thought you know we'd sign Dansby and Vaughn would take a stab in the outfield. But, look, I know he's going to get the glove down because he's been working with Wash. And he was actually pretty slick. I mean, I never felt concerned about his defense at second base, right, which is not his natural position. So that's fine. And you've got other guys you can throw in the mix. RC, you got other guys you can play. But you're, you may – you're talking about Dansby, a solid piece off his best season now – replaced by a potential platoon. That's different. Different dynamic. Now, sometimes it works to your advantage, lefty, righty, yada. Yeah, but still, I don't know about that. <laughs> I just thought. I just, you don't sound confident. Look, I was done with Freddie. I was fine with Freddie. I thought you know, he screwed the pooch on that contract. Dansby actually did give you a hometown discount, and you didn't accept it. So, and, and look, and Alex has been bulletproof. Alex Anthopoulos, everything the man has touched has turned to gold. But they're betting on the come that uh, Grissom is going to step up and do the job. Yeah. Um, I, I just No, listen, I just don't think he's ready to start. That's my right. thing. I think he's going to play a lot, but I don't think they're counting on him. Nobody in the Braves front office shouldn't be, and I don't think they are, is saying Grissom's going to be a 100 RBI guy in, in the first full year that he starts. Dansby didn't do that, guys. So, you know, he grew into the player – that we became to love, and, and certainly his production every year, and then you have a career year in which you go into a contract year, mm. and you have to make a decision. That's really what happened. Vaughn's not there. He's not there yet, but he's going to be a really intriguing player for us. There's no doubt. Right. So now it's just a matter of, and we talked about it earlier for guys who missed it, uh, I like what you got behind the plate. You got one of the best defensive catchers, and maybe he's going to prime, prime to have that kind of breakout year that they compare him so much to J- JT Real Muto, who's playing, by the way, in the World Baseball Classic. And then you'll have uh, Lil D, Travis D, will take some nights off, and he can DH. And, and left field will kind of be a work in progress. And, you know, it'll some nice Rosario. I, I, mean, I presume that – does Azuna ever see the field, or is he simply DHing? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Snit on this. <laughs> I, I don't know, but maybe. Kind of like, you I know, mean, I'm, not, I'm not sure. If, if they could get the young man or woman who sits down the third base line to watch for foul balls, to throw the ball back in the infield for him, then maybe we'd have something there. But, I mean, he, he said he basically told you, Carl, he was dogging it, and hopefully he's going to come out. And the best thing would be for him to actually get up to a great start. You could trade his ass if you could. Yeah, I'm, I know, man. Get that money off the books. Um. It's it's crazy how the Braves are still going to be good. We know we're, we're going to be talking a lot about this as as we get closer to the start of the season. Um, we still, I think, are the team to beat in the East. I know everybody's on the Mets. I'm not. I'm not. And Mike, here's the thing: you may be right about not necessarily having enough starting pitching, right? But our bullpen is as good as anybody's in the league. Right. No, I mean, I'm with you. And Quintana just got injured for the Mets. He's banged up right now. But you're still talking about Scherzer and Verlander. That's a pretty potent one, too. Hey, Kyle Wright's got 20 wins. What we're hoping is going to be ready to start this season. Morton is going to just keep on trucking $20 million. That'll wow. be more than four and a third. Guys, I'm not being negative, Nelly. I just want more. I wanted more starting pitching. That's it. Now shut up. All right, coming up, we've got a lot to get to. Guess who finally spoke about a fatal shooting? And we hadn't heard from him. Mm. And today we did. We'll tell you about that and the latest of what's going on around the world of sports. Stay right there. Top three at six next. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.